listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we've got Rick Hergenen joining us in the studio. Welcome Rick. G'day Jason, it's really good to be here. It's uh, not a bad day down here in Hobart, we've uh, got a, f- a little bit of a blue sky and some clouds. But Yes, yeah. uh, the, the weekends, the last two weekends have been raining, but yeah. um, today we've got full sunshine, it's very nice. I could see the mountain as I came across this morning to, uh, to the studio. And uh, I haven't been able to see it for a few days. Mm. And we even had some uh, a bit of snow over. Was it Easter Sunday? We had some snow on the mountain. Yes, and um, my boys were very keen to uh, go see the snow. So we drove up as far as we could to to the road, closed a barrier, and uh, it was very popular. There was lots of people lots there of people having a look at uh, the the snow. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, we've just uh, been through our Easter break, and uh, for some they're still on holidays. But it's fascinating, isn't it? Isn't it how Easter is a time of year which, um, as Christians, we remember the cruci- the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. But isn't it interesting how our society also sort of shuts down, you know, in a major way over this period? Yeah, I find it uh, very um, perhaps ironic. Might be uh, be a word to for it, Jason, that uh, our society um, always, you know, makes a big point of, of Easter. Um, mm. and, I, and Christmas as well. And Christmas. Mm. I, I noticed that the supermarkets were actually shut on Good Friday. On Good Friday. Mm. And um, the only other day, I think, of the year that I can recall off the top of my head that supermarkets are shut would be Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Mm. Um, both a, a Christian... Uh, ho- holiday markers yeah. in in the calendar, and so it's it's kind of like our society is really um, they don't really want anything to do with Christianity, but these holidays are considered sacred. <laughs> yeah, the holidays are considered sacred, so it's a it's a bit of a bit ironic. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Well, it's uh, it's still good to have a bit of a break, even though um, I, I was on air both uh, Good Friday and. Um, also on uh, Easter Monday with Afi, and so, um, but yeah, it was good to have a break, and it was good to get together with our church family over over the Easter period and um, uh, remember uh, together what, yeah. what Christ had done for us. Mm, it really was, and I guess on that note too, that um, it's relevant to today's topic. You know, the the I guess the ending or the outcome of the Easter period was that Christ left his disciples here on earth, gave them a job to do, and uh, he said that he was going to come back in, in a similar way. And uh, in the meantime, uh, he gave uh, his disciples much work to do, and uh, it sort of relates to our topic today, which is titled Watch and Be Ready. Mm. We'll get into that in a moment, but... Uh, if you uh, would like to listen um, to our past programs every um, every day of the week, every weekday we do a live program, 
and uh, but you can also go back and listen to those if you've missed out on them. So do uh, take the opportunity to do that. You can do that on the Faith FM website. Just type in faithfm.com.au into your web browser and you'll find us uh, there. You can go back and listen to past programs. You can also listen to our live programs on the website as well. But we've also got the Faith FM Australia app. If you've got a phone or tablet, you can download that app and listen to all of our past programs and our live programs as well. So, um, Rick, this is your first time, I think, uh, on air this year with us. And I think last year you did one program with us. I did. I did. Uh, so... I'm getting the. I'm starting to get the hang of radio. Good, awesome. Well, it's good to have you back here, and uh, I, I love this topic. Um, I heard you speak on this a, a few weeks ago, and it was a it was a great um, topic and a great message. So I'm really keen to get into this. So watch and be ready. And I know we're going to be starting in around Matthew chapter 24. Would you like to kick us off there? Yeah, so we're we're looking at Matthew um, chapter twenty four, and there's a little bit of background that helps us to understand um, before we start reading the the, the passage. Um, and the background is where this fits in in the in the narrative, and we find that Jesus has been speaking with the um, the the religious leaders of the day, mm. not just speaking with them. He's actually been pretty harsh on them, and some of his Perhaps his strongest words um, he has reserved not for people who are considered the sinners and the, the people those people, who are the uh, the religious elite. That's right, mm. and and he really um, they, they couldn't walk away not knowing what he actually thought. Like they couldn't go. Hmm, I wonder what he meant. But like he he laid it out, you know, saying things like "you blind guides," you know. You, you fools! Um, you whitewashed tombstones. Um, he, what, what does that mean? The whitewashed tombstones. Yeah, he said, you know, you're all you're all shiny on the outside, nicely painted on the outside, uh-huh. but inside you're 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 corrupt. Um, okay. You snakes, you vipers. Um, he Pre- pretty harsh words. <laughs> he really, he really gives it to them. But you know, it's 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 interesting when he did that. He was doing that. I, I'm assuming. Uh, I can only assume, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, he was doing that to challenge them so that they would think about it and would uh, have a change of heart. Yeah, and I think by this stage he's used a a number of methods to try and uh, communicate with them the importance of of what his mission was, who he was and what he was doing. And um, it was always his um, chosen method that he would work with the people of God, who who was the Jewish nation. Mm. He, he actually wanted his greatest desire was to work with the people uh, in the temple, with the temple services. All of this was pointing towards what the Messiah would be doing, mm. and here the Messiah was, and they and they missed it. So this in the narrative, he's he's getting right up near the time that he's going to to the cross, like we're getting very close, mm. and so he's trying to. You know, multiple methods, and he's laid it on them heavy as another uh, approach. Yeah, and uh, but yet it goes on. <laughs> so, it, so this is just after he's been doing that. He's been talking to the uh, the Pharisees, and he's up near the temple somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. So um, he's in. The, it, would, it would appear that he's in the temple when he's when he's saying these things to them, and um, he, he we, we go to. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, and when we go to verse 1, 
It starts off by saying this, Jesus left the temple and was walking away with his disciple uh, when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Mm. The temple was known uh, as a very ornate, majestic, impressive... Magnificent building. Magnificent building. Yeah. And this was because it was restored by... Um, it was It was restored by the... The uh, Jews back, what was about five hundred BC, or or maybe a bit earlier, but um, or a bit later. But uh, then Herod actually put money and 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 resources into making it even more glorious. Is that right? Yes, that's that's my understanding. Um, Herod put a lot of energy, uh, forty year long building project up there, and you can still go to Jerusalem today and. Although the temple itself has been dis- was destroyed in um, around AD seventy, the foundations are still there. Yes, and they are impressive. They're massive uh, rocks, huge <laughs> stones, and they fit together um, perfectly. Mm. You know, some of those stones are the size of um, buses, mm. and they fit together perfectly. And the mount there, like just the the um, the foundations, are impressive, mm. and. The temple itself had uh, lots and lots of gold. And apparently when the temple was destroyed, so much gold was taken from the temple and its precincts that... Um, and this was around AD 70 when the uh, there was a big... Yeah, big, Titus, Titus came in. Big with, war with the Jews there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, Stray Arrow went in and uh, the temple itself had a lot of cedar and it went up like... Um, Went up in fire. <laughs> Very easily, like it had petrol on it. Mm. So what's that got to do with our talk? Because Jesus is, is talking about this uh, this temple and he said something about uh, the fact that it's going to be destroyed. And Yeah, in verse 2 he says, do you see all these things? He's talking back to his disciples and he's, he said, look at the temple. And, um, you know, they're looking back at this dazzling, magnificent building. And he said, I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And that's how we witness it today, uh, apart from the foundation. Correct. Mm. Um, the, you know, the buildings and all of the structures are, are gone. They've been mm. destroyed. Mm. And so Jesus was, he went up to the Mount of Olives, and from the Mount of Olives you can look down and you can see the Temple Mount very easily. Um, it's not that far. And you can see you've got a full view of the temple. And again, once again, it's sitting there, you know, dazzling in the, in the, in the sun, no doubt. And the disciples came up to him again because, you know, Jesus had told them that this magnificent building is going to be destroyed. And his disciples come up and in verse three, they said, tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Um, disciples, were intrigued, couldn't get it off their mind. Yeah. And there's there's almost, I mean, they were phrasing this sort of as one question here because my understanding is that they thought that was going to be one event. But yeah, in, fact, yeah. in fact, there was sort of two things that Christ responded here with. Yeah, and, you, and Jesus responded with two things because they actually asked two things. They did ask two questions, yeah. Tell us, they said, when will these things happen? Mm. And what will be the signs of um, your of coming. your coming and the end of the age? Yeah, yeah. So they knew that when Jesus came, there'd be the end of the age. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to come back and talk about that a bit more after the break, but we've got a question uh, for you because this is talking about the end of the age when uh, he's coming back again, and that's what we're going to be talking about more after the break. Do you feel ready for Jesus to come? Why or why not? We'd love to hear from you today. Do text us in on 0488 880891. This has come to me by Jaden Levick. What do you do when it rains? Where do you go when the world falls on you? Who do you call on when all your hope is gone? All your hope is gone. And what do you do in the pain? on Faith FM and this morning we're speaking with Rick Herganen on the topic of watch and be ready and uh, we're looking at Matthew 24 and we'll go on from there as well but uh, we just talked about how the disciples asked Christ sort of two questions um, expecting them uh, from their perspective they expected these things to be 
one event, but uh, there were two questions, which was, um, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And, of course, the, the when will this happen? We're looking at the destruction of the, of the mm. temple here. So uh, Jesus answers this in uh, a, a bit of a, a long uh, response, and he answers both questions sort of mixed together, doesn't he? He does. Um, yeah, of course the disciples were expecting if the temple was destroyed, then that would be the end of the world. Mm. Um, and Jesus didn't say, no, that won't happen. He just answered their two questions simultaneously, if you like. Mm. And in verse 4, Jesus says, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Mm. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are just the beginning of birth pains. Mm. So, of course, we've seen a lot of those signs in our world over the past centuries, and they seem to be uh, happening more and more even. Yeah, even even up until today. And I think as the world population gets continues to increase, as it is at the moment, the... Um, more pressure on on the resources and the the face of the earth, and these sorts of disasters have more of an impact mm. um, around the world. But I notice there it says these are just the beginning of birth planes. So, so how do we know then? You know, there have been so many attempts to predict the time when Christ is going to come back which uh, I know scripture says that no one knows the hour. <laughs> yeah, if you, this is exactly the passage where Jesus says that very thing. Mm. Uh, in verse 36, he says, No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Mm. Um, so for Jesus, this clearly wasn't about date setting mm. by any means. This 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 whole narrative, he, he wasn't saying, okay, if you just know when this happens, you tick these things off the list, and when you get to the last thing that's there, bang, then... Then it's going to happen. Then yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. That was not the point of what Jesus was saying. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's evident when you look at the whole passage, this whole piece as a whole. Um, and, and sometimes Jesus says so many things and we can we can drill down into those things um, in, in their finer detail and they hold a lot of meaning. But sometimes we miss, when we drill down so deeply, we miss the bigger picture of what Jesus was saying here. And um, Jesus here is, he, he has a narrative and he is explaining uh, what it means. Mm. Um, and he goes on to, to say there in verse 37, like in the days of Noah. Um, are we going to talk about that a little bit in terms of what it, what it will be like at the end? Yeah, so as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Mm. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Um, you know, Noah preached for 120 years. Mm. Um, so they had, they had fair warning. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, when... When the door of the ark was shut, the only ones who were on there were Noah and his sons and their wives. Mm. He could have been really discouraged about that. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, I'd uh, be questioning my calling if after mm. 120 years of preaching that no one... No one uh, seemed to listen. Seemed to listen. Mm. Um, but I think something that I want to notice here is that the people were were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. So in some respects, life was as it had always been. And with that in mind, we go down to... Um, the end of verse 39, it says, that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Mm. So even though we, we've got these two... These signs. We've, we've got, got the signs yeah. and, and we've got to hold these two things in, in tension, if you like. Mm. There are... The world has all these signs of, you know, things going badly, famines, earthquakes, wars, mm. um, those kinds of things, while at the same time, life is still going on with a degree of normality at the same time. They'll be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. So so the the usual cycle of what happens in life will still be happening to a certain degree as well. Mm. And then, of course, in verse 42, we've got the therefore. <laughs> yeah, so Jesus says all of these things, that, you know, these things are coming and, and um, two, you know, verse 40, even before that, two will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with the handmill, one will be taken, the other left. Therefore, and, and I always take notice when we get to the word therefore, mm. because it is like, because of all these things that have gone before, now... Here's the point. Here's the point. <laughs> Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. Mm. So I guess what we need to uh, think about when we've got this key phrase, therefore, keep watch. What does it mean to keep watch? And this, this is, a, is a big question um, and it's probably something that, that has bothered Christians for all time. Mm. Uh, what does it actually mean? To keep watch, um, I um, I want to show, tell you a, um, a story. One of my finer parenting moments, I guess. <laughs> uh, I have four children. I think, I think many of us have some of those moments. <laughs> yes, I I have four children, and uh, lovely children. I, I love all my children dearly. And my my eldest is a boy, and. That our habit in our house was, if if the babies wake up, you know, early early morning. So we're talking, you know, from about four thirty five o'clock onwards. Then it was my responsibility. It was my wife's sleeping time, in in that time. So I used to take my son out for um, a walk or a jog, sort of jog slash walk every every morning. And so one morning I got him all ready, put him in the pram, rugged him up, strapped him in. And I, I wheeled the pram out around the side of the house, and we lived on a oh, almost flat block. And then I remembered that I'd forgotten something. I don't know what it might have been—a hat or a, anyway something. So I turned around and ran back inside the house to get my hat. And I came back out and I got, went around the corner and I looked, and the pram was gone. <laughs> I, I, I imagine your heart uh, jumped a major a major beat there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but it's so flat here. Where could the pram have gone? And I looked sort of up and down, nowhere to be seen. And then I noticed that in between um, some bushes in the garden, here was the pram. But the pram was not level. The pram was upside down <laughs> in these in these bushes. Uh, 
I retrieved the pram, and my son was hanging there safely in his little uh, seatbelt. This is why they have harnesses. This is why they have harnesses. So I ticked the box off. I strapped him in well. Um, Very good. And But it does remind me um, of what it... Is this keeping watch? You know, anyone who's got, got kids knows you only turn your back for a second, mm. and um, anything can happen. So... Um, when the, when we think about this for for the in the Bible though, when Jesus said keep watch, I think he wasn't referring to um, this kind of uh, relentless, hard, you know, keeping watch. You just can't turn your back for a second. You know, I, I'm not sure that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, therefore keep watch. This wasn't the sort of preparedness that he was talking about. Mm. I I know, for example. Um I think we've called our program today uh, "Keep Watch and Be Ready." So there's sort of another another aspect to this, isn't it? That it, it's part of of uh, as you said, not just not just uh, having re- relentless focus on something, but that be ready aspect, which brings in another um, depth to that meaning of be watch and uh, watch and be ready. Keep watch and be ready. Um, we might we might get more into that uh, in our next um, section, but do you, do you want to just read that um, the next verse that we're going to go on to there that talks about that? Yeah. So G- Jesus, the big picture here is Jesus tells us some stories, some parables about what it means to keep watch and be re- uh, and be ready. So here here we go. The first one, Matthew twenty four, and it starts in verse forty three. And the Bible says this, um, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Mm. That's it's an interesting uh, connection there in that, um, you know, if, if you knew, I guess the, the point is that if you knew exactly at what time it was going to happen, you could be off doing something else and not even thinking about the thief. And then, okay, well, it's now uh, midnight. He's going to come at midnight, so let's get home and we'll, we'll, we'll turn the, the alarm house. on and <laughs> prepare. But that's not how it's going to be. No, um, the... The interesting thing in this parable to me um, is the wording of be ready. Be ready, yeah. Be ready. You know, even today, you're, you're exactly right, Jason. If someone knew when the, when the rob was, was coming, my, my sister recently was broken into at her house and she um, had, has a dog and this kind of dog that has no trouble biting into people if it needs to and... The thief came, but the dog was at someone else's house. Mm. And so the thieves got into the house and um, made a, did a whole lot of damage. Mm. Um, if she had known, she could have done something different. But mm. here we find the word, be ready. Mm. Um, the text could use a number of words here. But notice it says, be ready. It doesn't say, get ready. ready. Mm. 
Well, we're going to come back and talk about that after the break. We've got our question for you today. It's uh, this question, do you feel ready for Jesus to come? Why or why not? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 880891. Do you feel ready for Jesus to come? Why or why not? This is He Will Come, and uh, this is a song written by myself and Linda Story.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Rick Hergenen and we're talking about uh, Watch and Be Ready and this is uh, really focusing on the second coming of Christ. And uh, we did ask you a question before the break. Do you feel ready for Jesus to come? Why or why not? We'd love to uh, hear from you this morning. Do text us in on 0488 880891. Now, Rick, we were talking about being ready, and uh, you mentioned the fact that there's a difference between getting ready and being ready. And uh, we we know of uh, some people, I see uh, various things, I've even seen some ads on YouTube about these survival kits that you can get, you know, where you've got these uh, canned foods and things, and you can go out Mm -hmm. and Get out of the uh, out of the towns into this into the uh, hills and build your bunker and you can survive the <laughs> apocalypse at the end of time. The doomsday preppers, I guess you might put it. And uh, is that what Jesus is saying here, Jason? I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying. And while there may come a time that we we do um, go live in the hills. I, I'm firmly of, of the belief that that's what, not what Jesus was saying here at this point. When he's talking about being ready. When he's talking about being ready, absolutely. Um, because one of the reasons that I, I can say that with certainty is because Jesus goes on and he tells four parables. Hmm. And those four parables all illustrate a different aspect of being ready. Hmm. Um you know, I think about sometimes when I leave the house with my family, um, we get ready, and anyone who's left the house with a family knows that getting ready is quite a, a process. Mm. We, you know, we change clothes and we're doing hair and brushing teeth and getting shoes on, and we finally get in the car, and then someone has to run back because they've forgotten something, and then finally we are ready, but. Jesus doesn't say get ready. He says be ready. It's more like a state mm. that we're we're living in continually, rather than something we're working towards, hoping that someday we'll achieve it. Mm. Mm. And the four parables just illustrate what it means to keep watch and be ready. Mm. So the first one is about uh, faithful and wise servant. Is that right? Yeah, so this is the, the very end of um, Matthew chapter 24. So there's, there's two kinds of ser- servants here in this passage. And um, because it's short, I'm going I'm to read it and I'll read it quickly. Um, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food in the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm. So that's uh, that's fairly easy to understand from my perspective there, is that uh, we can't put off um, 
you know, being ready. You know, we've got to be active. This is an active role. It's not about going off and saying, oh, I'll do that later. Yeah, so this is about about our behaviour, uh, about being faithful and responsible in our behaviour. Mm. And don't mistake it, this is not a matter of working your way into the kingdom. No. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, and I can we can see this because the way the wicked servant behaves reveals what was in his heart all along. Mm. In fact, he had no love for the, for his master, mm. and he acted simply out of duty. And we can tell it because when the master was no longer around, he behaved differently. Mm. He was mean and nasty. Mm. And so today, I guess, our pattern of behaviour reveals where our heart is also. And that really is the message of, uh, well, from my perspective, that's the message of grace in terms of uh, the gospel in that, when we understand and when we've accepted Christ, there's a response to that. It's not a matter of saying, okay, well, I'm going to delay or put that off. It's, it's, I have accepted Christ now and that motivates me out of love to serve him. Absolutely. And, and this is, I think what you're explaining just there is sometimes very misunderstood, particularly by those outside of Christianity and mm. even by some inside Christianity. Um, Many feel that if I keep the rules, then somehow I can earn God's favour. Or yeah. if I do enough good things, then I'll get then into I'll the right. kingdom. Then, yeah. I'll be, then I'll be right. Um, but not so. Jesus, yeah. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, you know, this, this story shows that when we understand the love and the grace that Jesus shows us, we it, will respond. It changes <laughs> us and we, we respond yeah. for, in, in our behaviour. Mm. Now, we've got a couple uh, more parables here. We've got just two minutes before we go to a break. So do you want to cover the next one? Yeah, so the, the next one is the parable of the ten virgins. And um, here we have the, 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 there were five wise, are called, and five foolish. And so this is um, Matthew chapter 25 and verses 1 to 13. And they, they're all going to the wedding feast but the groom is delayed, and so the bridesmaids are sitting outside with their little oil lamps waiting for the groom to arrive, and it gets later and later, and they all fell asleep. Mm. And when they were awake, awoken by the, the sound that the groom is on his way, the, the calling out, um, Five of them topped up their, their lamps with the oil they had with them, and the other five, they didn't have any oil. And they said, oh, you know, give us some of your oil. They said, we can't, we don't have any to share. And so they went off to get their oil, and while they were gone, uh, the bridegroom came. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. And later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Mm. In this parable, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's not something that we can control. I can't order him in or out of my life or in and out of the life of others. The only thing I can do is be open to the Holy Spirit and daily invite his presence into my life. Mm. And having Jesus' presence in my life through the Holy Spirit is how I can be ready. <laughs> there you go. That's beautiful. We're going to go to a break. We've got a book offer today, and it's called In the Light of God's Love. Um, this uh, book, in the first chapter, you'll encounter the cross 
of Jesus with self-forgetful understanding. Riding on the beautiful wave of Calvary's love, each chapter that follows will apply the healing power of that love at the practical level of your daily Christian experience. Personal salvation, obedience, temptation, failure, relationships are all pondered with fresh insight under the illuminating light of divine love. So this is our book offer today. Stay tuned and we'll give you the code after the break. This is Walk In It With Me by Kate Grieger. Jesus, I need you to do a work I couldn't do. Take this heart of stone, make it flesh and make it light. Let me see with your eyes, you love perfectly. Jesus, please be loved in me. My ears.
Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're finishing up our program with Rick Herganen, and we've been talking about watch and be ready in uh, in relation to the second coming of Christ and what that really means. And uh, before the break, we talked about our book offer today. It's called "In the Light of God's Love." Text us in ready number one R E A D Y and the number one no spaces. Text that into zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one to claim this book. And this is uh, written by I think it's written by Ty Gibson. I haven't actually got it written down here. Who it's written by? So it's a great book though. So do text us in ready number one R E A D Y and the number one zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Rick, uh, we just got to the point of understanding what it really means to be ready. And uh, that was uh, after looking at the parable of the virgins, who um, we understand to mean that they had the Holy Spirit in their lives. And I guess that means, you know, abiding in Christ. Jesus said, abide in me. It's a daily experience, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we abide in him, if we invite the Holy Spirit um, into our lives daily, we then are ready we, we're not having to get ready we are ready correct and and that's i think the the greatest the great thrust of that um that parable is is that very thing that you speak of jason mm. you know jesus is telling four stories here about how to be ready and this is you know really getting to the heart of it in in, in, in that parable about the um the wise and the foolish virgins mm. So uh, how would you like to sort of conclude this? Um, you've got a few more things to say to, to wrap it up. Yeah, so Jesus tells two more parables, and, and one's about the talents, and this is uh, Matthew 25, uh, verses 14 to 30. And here we have the three servants who are, the master's going away, and each of them are given some talents. Mm. Now, this in, in this um, setting, this is to do with, like, money, and um, he gives one five and he goes out and earns five more talents. He gives another two talents and he goes out and earns two more talents. He gives w- the third one one talent. And, and this servant, um, when the master comes back, he, he brings that one talent, talent back to the, the master. And the master is, is, um, is very angry. You know, he said, at least you could have gone and put it out on interest or something mm. instead of burying it in the ground. Mm. And, um, the, now, this isn't talking about money, though, really, is it? Is it? This is talking about how we use our our gifts that God has given us. Is correct, right? correct. This is a, you know um, the things that we have been entrusted with in, mm. in general. So it's not just money. Mm. Um, this, these are things in general. Mm. And the po- point of this parable is not about how much had been earned or how much has been done with what you've been given. But whether you're faithfully and responsibly living up to the potential and giftedness that you have. Mm. And, um, and the root problem with the lazy servant, it was not what he earned or didn't earn. It was his attitude towards his master. That was, that was the issue. He didn't act out of love. He acted only out of duty. 
And in fact, you'll notice if you, as you read that, and we've, we've skimmed over it this morning, but if you read that, he actually blamed the master for his lack of performance. Yeah, because he says, oh, you're a harsh man. I knew you were a harsh man, so I buried the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in this parable, Jesus is trying to teach us that keeping watch is being productive in service. Mm. So, um, you know, the Holy Spirit in our lives, and then we start, as we, we talked about earlier, we start living out... Our response to that grace in our mm. lives is, mm. is 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 service, and it's not done out of duty. It's done out of love. I, I actually yep. did a program on that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the privilege of serving. So yeah, it's, and, it, and it's not like you you serve for you know. I just served, did my duty of the hour a week. I, yeah. I, I served my bit. Like true discipleship is a way of life, mm. and and there's no no difference between the secular and the sacred. Um, you know. I, I am a disciple of Jesus and therefore everything I do in my life, the way I live, everything I have, the, all of those things are um, for, for the kingdom and for, and for mm. the glory of God. Mm. Absolutely. Um, just as a side note here, I just want to note, you, you can't serve if you're locked away somewhere. True. If, True. You're, if you're hidden away up in the scrub somewhere or you're, you know, you're staying away because you don't want to be corrupted by the world, and, and true, we don't want to be corrupted by, by the, the things that the world has to offer. However, we can't be the light of the world if we're locked away somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you've got one more thing here, this uh, quick parable of the, the – uh, well, it's not really a parable. It's a, well, I guess it is a parable. Yeah, it's a parable. <laughs> sheep and the, the goats. Sheep and the goats. Um, yep. What uh, what's the key message out of this? Yeah, so this is the last of Jesus' four um, parables that he's telling. And remember, all of these four are to illustrate the same thing: how to be ready. And here it's talking about the judgment, where you know Jesus is separating the sheep and the goats, and on his right are the sheep, and on the left are the, are the goats. And the sheep they didn't recognise what they were doing. He was commending them. You know, you've looked after me. You've You've um, you visited me in prison, and you, you gave me something to eat and drink when I was thirsty, and when I was a stranger, you invited me in. Um, they didn't even recognise they were doing that, and they received uh, a good judgment or their inheritance, not because they had earned it through their efforts in helping people, but because it is a gift of their relationship with the Father and the Son. Mm. Um, in this parable, Jesus teaches us that keeping watch is being fruitful. The presence of kingdom life will always produce evidence in transformed speech, thoughts, actions, and character of Jesus' followers. And if there isn't any transformation, it is proof that the person has not accepted the invitation to the kingdom. And in the end, in this parable, a reward or penalty is given according to the evidence displayed in one's life. And I want to say here something else very important, that it is not for us to judge. You know, we, we can look at an outward appearance and people can can make it look one way or another. But mm. Jesus reads the heart on this mm. one. And that's why we have, you know, at the end of time, there he's making the, the decision. He, he knows. And keeping watch is being fruitful. So all of these things are together painting a picture of what it means to be ready. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it, how he didn't do it in, in one parable. He, he had three or four different parables there that really paints the whole picture. And yep. uh, it's not just one thing. 
And, and for me, what stands out is that each of those parables, that at the foundation of being ready is being in right relationship mm. for all four of those parables. Mm. So I guess today the question is, uh, are you delaying choosing Jesus or have you made that decision? Because uh, now's the time. Now's the time to, to be ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Jesus is making an appeal to his disciples, and we are his disciples today, and he says, today, mm. today is the day. Don't delay anymore, and it's not a big onerous decision. You can make a decision right where you are. You don't need, um, you know, special background music playing or, uh, you know, a um, fire from heaven to come down or any of those things. You can make a decision today and you can say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Mm, absolutely. Well, we encourage you to do that today. Uh, make uh, contact with us if you uh, need some assistance or you'd like to be put in touch with somebody who can have a, a chat to you. Um, text us in on 0488880891. Well, thanks, Rick, uh, for joining us. We've got Afi Tuaoi next Monday, continuing on with Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, tomorrow we've got Ben Ashby. Now, he's uh, new to us on Tassie Encounters here. He'll be doing a, a program. He's filling in for David Leo tomorrow. So Ben Ashby with Carmelina tomorrow. So remember the code for today, ready and the number one. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Anchor of Hope by Ellie Holcomb. May your hearts be open to encounter Jesus today. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of men Gracious, compassionate, merciful God Radiant, holy delight Beautiful Father, victorious Son Source of unchangeable light Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of Salvation, remarkable love Savior who died on the cross Great is the Lord and most world